is a slim and simple message to help you engage your board, your staff, your volunteers, a large number of people to strengthen the fundraising for your nonprofit. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school. And I'm joined today by my predecessor, Dr. Tim Seiler, who led the fundraising school for 20 years and now is the Rosso Fellow on Philanthropic Fundraising. And Tim is a often sought out national and international expert on fundraising, by far one of our most popular instructors. And Tim, you know, we have the 14 stage fundraising cycle and you say so often, you know, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. And that 14 stage cycle helps us do that. But that can be a lot for a lot of nonprofits and there's this other way of discussing fundraising planning along the six rights. How can fundraisers use that paradigm? Well, th yeah, thanks for talking about the fundraising cycle. I, I, uh, I've come to understand myself over the years that that is pretty complicated and complex. I still believe in it. Oh, yes. Um, and I think it is really perhaps more of an organizational strategy mm -hmm. cycle than it is a specific fundraising cycle. But your question has to do with what we refer to as the six rights. It's the right uh, person or persons asking the right prospective donor for the right gift, for the right program at the right time and in the right way. It's pretty simple, uh, and when I talk about the six rights, I usually say fundraising is simple, it's just not easy. Right. So identifying those rights is where the complexity arises. So who, who is the right person and who are the right persons? The fundraising school has historically taught that a team of two people is usually more effective at raising money than one person going along, alone, particularly when you get into the major gift level, where mm -hmm. you're asking people for significant contributions um, of time and or money. Um, that usually requires a team. So that's why we say person or persons. Uh, the right prospective donor, we think, has to be identified by ability to give at the level that you want to ask for. They have to be interested in the organization. They have to be concerned. There has to be some inclination to be philanthropic mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. direct that philanthropic gift towards the organization that solicits it. So that's the right prospective donor. The right program, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that the majority of nonprofit organizations have several programs or services that they offer, and donors might want to make a choice. You know, I'll support A but not B. Uh, so we, in doing our prospective donor research, that's one of our challenges is what's the right program. And by the way, I'll put an aside in here that uh, part of the fundraising process, or fundraising itself is part of a bigger process, which we call development. Mm -hmm. And part of development is communication. And communication is more than just disseminating information. It's actually gleaning information, right. asking the right questions of the prospective donors so that we know what their interests are and then we'll make a stronger case based on donor interest. So the right, the right program is, what's this donor most interested mm -hmm. in? At least what's our perception? And things change, so we have to be prepared for that as well. But that's the right program. The right gift, um, this one is a little bit trickier. The right gift, historically, I believe, from the fundraising perspective has been, um, let's determine what we believe the right amount is to ask for, and then that's what we'll ask for. You know, we'll yeah. ask for $1,000, or we'll ask for $5,000, or, you know, larger organizations are asking for million-dollar gifts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's the right gift? And we have often referred to uh, part of the research as being, what's the right amount to ask this donor for? And if we cannot determine a specific amount, then we have often referred to the gift range chart, which mm -hmm. is another tool. Um, and ask people in a range, would you give a gift in the range of $3,500 to $5,000 or whatever the range might be. 
Uh, I think as fundraising has become more effective in recent years, I think some major gift fundraisers in particular have determined that the best way to ask for the gift or the, the right gift to ask for is really to try to tease that out from the donor. You know, what, do, what are you thinking of in regard mm -hmm, to this mm -hmm. program or this campaign? So somewhere in there is the right gift to ask for in terms of either a specific amount or a range or what the donor might be thinking of. And then in the right way, we would continue to argue that in most instances that's sitting down uh, in a personal conversation among three people or between two people and just having an honest conversation about this is, we know you care about this, we hope you'll be willing to support us at this level or a level that you deem is appropriate within the context of our campaign. Um, we know there's a growth in other ways to fundraise today uh, and evidence suggests that some of those strategies are pretty effective, including social media. Mm -hmm, I'll mm -hmm. just refer to it generally as e-fundraising. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's growing the base in a lot of instances. Right. So that works and you know, we can't, um, can't thumb our nose at that. Right. But when you're talking about those gifts, if you're talking about the right gift as a special gift or as a major gift, a really large, significant stop and think about it on the part of the donor kind of gift, that probably needs to be solicited in a face-to-face -face solicitation or in a, in a personal conversation. So fundraising, as we teach at the fundraising school, going back to our founder, Dr. Henry Rosso, fundraising is a management function. It's part of the overall management of the nonprofit organization. And that 14-step fundraising cycle is especially for those people close into the organization, those full-time folks who are working on the planning, working alongside their board in a comprehensive fundraising planning initiative. The six rights, Tim, in my view, are very handy as we now increase the number of people who are trying to engage in actually doing the fundraising for the organization. And remember, we're talking about the right persons asking the right person for the right amount, for the right reason, in the right way, at the right time. And let's go to the top of the list. How do we communicate this so more right persons are helping us find the other right prospective donors. And here I'm thinking about board members, volunteers, donors. How do we communicate this, Tim, across the entire organization? Yeah, well, that's a good point, Bill. And, and I think I, I usually refer to it, you know, use the old cliche about connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's those people, our board members, our other general volunteers, sometimes it's program staff inside our nonprofit organization who are connected to or linked to the prospective donors whom we'd like to see. And they might have a better connection than we do as the fundraiser, the, the paid fundraising staff person. So we can ask board members, other volunteers, sometimes other donors, say, could you help us to make a connection with these persons? Uh, we, we would like to talk with them about their making a gift and we think you could be helpful in that way. Would you be willing to do that? So they can identify, they can help us in qualifying. By qualifying, we, I, I would mean, um, is this the right size of gift that this person might consider? What do you think the best program for us to approach the person about? What, what that might that be? How can you help us in that regard? And a lot of times our volunteer members who are peers of the people mm -hmm. from whom we're seeking gift um, can help us in terms of developing the right kind of plan to set up the appointment, to have the conversation, to explore the interests, and ultimately to earn the right to ask for a gift. You know, you mentioned volunteers. I was just contacted by a nonprofit organization not all that long ago, and they said, we're trying to get new donors in the door. We're doing great with volunteers. We have about 2,300 volunteers, but now what can we do to get some new donors in the door? And you're smiling because I was too. And I said, have you talked to the volunteers? Uh, the research shows if we treat volunteers well, 80% of them could very well become donors and introduce us to others. And Tim, along the lines of this right person, people might say, I don't have the C in front of my title. I'm not the chief development officer. 
officer, the chief executive officer. I might be a, a program manager. I might be an executive assistant. I, I'm just a board member amongst many. How do we encourage others to see themselves as that right person in this kind of six rights paradigm? Yeah, well, a lot of times that's just a matter of, of the, the, the level at which you know someone. You know, mm -hmm. they're a neighbor. They, you, you work together in the same organization, although your titles might be different. Um, and maybe you're not a peer economically, but you can be a peer in, in other ways. We talk about uh, peer solicitation and we talk about proportional giving and proportional asking. So you're not the uh, president, but you're a vice president, okay? So economically, you're not a peer, but proportionally, you may be able to give according to your capacity and ask someone else to do the same. Give more, give less. But um, there, can, there can be um, proportional relationships socially. Um, as long as there's a mutual respect between the persons involved in this conversation, I think that can work. And, you know, another way for professional fundraisers to look at this is think of yourself as the chef back in the kitchen. That's the 14-step fundraising cycle, similarly, where the chef has to order the food, make sure there's enough of the different ingredients, has all the tools, prepares the meal, but somebody still needs to help serve that meal. Somebody still needs to help prepare that restaurant for the customers. And that's where our board, our volunteers, our other donors, our other staff members uh, can help us. We can have the sophisticated expertise of fundraising, but we can engage everybody through this understanding of the six rights of fundraising. And I can let you know, these six rights are the foundation of a course called Fundraising for Small Nonprofits. This is in our public course directory four times every year. But Tim, this has become one of our most popular courses traveling across the country as we're teaching this on behalf of community foundations, family foundations, other institutional funders, teaching a broad range of nonprofits, especially those that have very small staffs or relatively smaller budgets. So that's a course you can come attend or that we can bring to you. The Six Rights is also uh, in our Principles and Techniques of Fundraising course, that front door to the rest of our courses of the Fundraising School. And you can find out more about these courses on the website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You'll also find out about our custom training, our quarterly webinars, and also our free weekly podcasts. And by the way, when you listen or view these podcasts, hit that like button for us. That helps us boost up into the ratings and gets this information out to more people. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.